Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within. To seek out new joys and new methods of awakening. To boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome back, friends and family, to Awareness Explorers. I'm Jonathan Robinson, and I'm with my co-host. Brian Tom O'Connor. And we are definitely going to be exploring today. The subject is experiments, experiments in consciousness, which is as close to exploration as you can get. It's a subject that I have explored extensively, and Brian and I are going to battle it back and forth between us and hopefully come up with some good experiments that you can do to expand your own consciousness. And why don't we just get into it? I think the first thing we need to do, Brian, is look at the word experiments and what that means. I have an idea for myself, but what does the idea mean to you? Well, it means trying something out and seeing what you notice experientially. It's not theoretical. It's going through your day and applying a spiritual principle throughout the day. And in these particular experiments, I think of them as total experiments, going all the way with a spiritual principle like kindness or allowing and going through your day, experimenting with what it would be like to practice that with no exception. I like that definition. I, I can't disagree with you. I just would add a little bit to it. And I might say that it's always for a limited length of time that you are committing full out. That gives it a certain sense of urgency. So let's say you're doing a kindness experiment. And in fact, one of the times I was on Oprah, that was the subject of the, of the show, doing kindness experiments which was an idea I had in one of my books. And I said, here's the experiment. Do two nice things for people every day for a week and see if you like it and see what it does in your life. Because kindness is like chocolate. Once you've tried it, you know, it gets a little bit addictive. So that was the subject. And I got a lot of emails from people saying that, you know, they're really bowled over by the results of that one week experiment and that it helped to change their life. So I think giving it a short length of time, like a day or even an hour sometimes, or a week or a month, helps to create a container where you can learn something and really dive deep within it. Whereas if you said, yeah, I'm going to try and be kind for the rest of my life, it doesn't have quite the sense of urgency or commitment of doing something for like a day or a week. That's right. And it also creates an unrealistic expectation uh, and it creates resistance in the mind. Well, I don't think I can allow everything to be as it is for the rest of my life. What about what if something comes up that I really don't like? But you can allow everything to be as it is for five seconds. Yes or five minutes, or an hour, or maybe a day, without this argument in your mind that you have to be that way forever. 
Such a good point. You know, and I think stepping back, we have to look at why do experiments. And, you know, I was in a, a spiritual community for a while where the leader said that there are three reasons to do experiments. One is by doing an experiment, you might actually trip over an experience that you normally wouldn't have. You know, when I did my kindness experiment, I realized that, wow, I really get high being kind. <laughs> I guess I'd never been kind long enough to know that that's the experience that you can get. And oh, no. studies, yeah, studies show that the single best way to increase your own level of happiness is to do an act of kindness for a stranger or a friend. And I learned that by, you know, trying to do nice things every day for a week. And I really tuned into that. So, you know, by trying an experiment, you might trip over an experience that is of a higher caliber that you wouldn't normally have. But another reason is that the world needs more aware people willing to try stuff. You know, especially our world nowadays, it's uh, there's a lot of people down in the dumps. They could use, you know, a, a good up-leveling. Uh, and then the third reason is by trying these experiments, you get to see the specific obstacles in the way. Like for example, you're, you're allowing experiment. What if I just allowed everything to be as it is? Well, within about two minutes, you'll start to see that you have these little nagging thoughts in your head. Oh, it shouldn't be like this. Or, you know, you have other specific obstacles that get in the way of you having this higher experience of life. Yes. And I think that third reason is, is really key, especially in the context of non-dual spirituality, because we can pay lip service to the idea that we are universal awareness and we are the same as everyone else. But when we go out into our lives and ask, well, what if I treated everyone as myself? You're right. You come up with the obstacles. You come up with the mind's objections to it. You come up with the times when someone is being really mean and you don't want to be kind or someone is simply doing something you don't like or you disagree with and you don't want to be kind you see it and you look at it and when you look at it and start to soften around it start to apply awareness to it bring it to awareness ask what is this appearing in it actually can serve the purpose of softening that mental ego identification yes and you know when you do an experiment for long enough the obstacles start to be seen very frequently and you can just kind of dismiss them because you know them like for example if i do a kindness experiment i always have this little voice that says well, what about me you know kind of speaks in about a five-year-old voice. Well, what about me? You know, I, I, if, I, if I take two minutes to be kind to this person, will I get anything back? You know, that, that kind of voice. And I've heard that voice so much that I just kind of know that as the what about me voice. And it always shows up and I go, you know, you're, you're being taken care of fine. You know, 99% of the time I think about myself. So spending 1% of the time being kind to others is not going to make my entire life you know, turn to, to jello. So, so I can just kind of dismiss that thought and that voice, and I don't have to give it a whole lot of airplay because I know that's just 
some kind of obstacle in me. And once we know our obstacles to love and kindness, and we don't take them so seriously, that can really change your life. That's right. And another way of looking at it is similar to the idea of fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. In other words, if you say, well, let me try and see what it would be like to be kind to every person in every situation without, without exception, you actually, it's sort of like you, you might have to at first pretend to be kind when you don't really feel like being kind, when, you, when mm -hmm. your inner self doesn't really want to be kind, and you say, well, okay, but I'm doing this experiment, so let's see if I can be kind anyway, and maybe you're pretending to be kind, but you do that often enough, and kindness starts to sink in and merge with your nature. Which is very, very sweet. Uh, and you know, once I tried that in a workshop, uh, that was my experiment to actually pretend I was St. Francis. <laughs> and you know, at first it was it was a little bit of a pretending, you know, that was the 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 goal of the exercise. But within about 20 minutes, I was totally into it. And what was funny is that I started to like shine. I, you know, this energy started to come from me and everybody wanted to be around me. And people were saying, God, this seems like there's this the light coming from you. I, I literally like became St. Francis for an hour. <laughs> and, you know, I was amazed at that. I wish I could do it again. I guess I can if I, if I set it up. But it showed me that some of these really far out states of consciousness are a lot closer than I might have imagined. That's right. And it's not a bad thing to be for, uh, for uh, I mean, if you're going to have some sort of self-identity, um, that's better than, uh, than many. Um, yeah. Of course, the goal is having no self-identity whatsoever. And sometimes a spiritual principle like total allowing or not believing your thoughts or loving kindness can really short circuit that identity that mind-based idea of who you are because you're you're really focused on others and the relationship and you're focused on on the now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know so one of the experiments i i have enjoyed is trying to say yes to each moment and I saw the movie Yes Man last night, which if you haven't seen it, is really a fantastic movie, a very spiritual movie in a certain way, uh, starring Jim Carrey, very entertaining. And it's about a guy who's motivated to say yes to like any request, and it eventually turns his life from, from being boring and, and depressed to finding the love of his, his life and being a wonderful human being. But he has to go through some stuff. And I've, I've done that, you know, trying to say yes to a difficult emotion or saying yes to a request that my, I might have normally said no to. And it's living in a more of a state of surrender. And you start to once again see, you know, different aspects of the ego that want to say no to life or no to certain emotions or no to certain requests. And it increases your awareness by being able to do that. That's right. And sometimes these different spiritual 
points of view or experiments or principles that we might be trying out may at first seem not to overlap. For instance, I remember when I first heard about um, loving kindness practice, and mm -hmm. I really resisted it because there's a lot of times I just simply don't feel loving kindness. And if I'm practicing allowing everything to be as it is, including the way I feel, it means that I'm going to allow myself to feel grumpy if feeling grumpy is the way I feel, you know, but on the other hand, so you can, you can actually take one day and allow everything to be as it is, including how you feel. And that might include feeling grumpy and being okay with feeling grumpy, not trying the strategies to change it. And then on another day, you can try the experiment. I'm going to be kind in every situation. I'm going to be loving in every possible situation without exception. And know that, okay, maybe there's some part of your mind that sees that as a contradiction, but eventually if you try them both and you try them often enough, they actually will resolve themselves into a way of being which is open and clear and not mind-based and not controlling and not having strategy to control everything. You're just, you just see things, they arise, they are what they are, people are what they are, and, and it's, it's, it's an openness that can be a kind of synthesis of the two. Mm -hmm. As you were talking, I was picturing a, a bicycle wheel with different spokes on the outer surface of the wheel. Everything looks like it might be the opposite, loving kindness and, and allowing whatever is to be there. But if you travel those spokes down, they meet in the center hub. <laughs> so on the surface, you might try these methods that or experiments that come from different angles. But if you take them deep enough, they tend to meet in a level of peace and kindness and love that connects them all. Yes, all the spokes lead to center. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. You know, I, I've tried some wild experiments in my time, uh, Brian, and uh, I just want to report on a couple of them. One of them was uh, my former teacher realized that I was born Jewish. I didn't really know much about Christianity other than I liked self-righteously arguing about how parts of the Bible were pretty ludicrous. And so he gave me the assignment for six months to become a Christian. And this was devastating to me at the time, but he said, no, this isn't something I'm giving you because you've been bad. I'm giving it to you as your next step to open your heart to the half of humanity that is Christian and realize that there is a dogma there that you don't need to believe in, but there's also an experience that these people have tuned into that I want you to tune into. And this was incredibly difficult and humbling. I actually went up to a Christian who I'd been arguing with for a year and told him I needed his help to become a Christian. And that was pretty humbling. And uh, But he was very kind. I got into what I would call an alive church. And to my great surprise, I opened up to uh, Holy Spirit. I would go into this church and be filled with bliss and love to a point that I couldn't move. 
And I don't know what was going on other than I was very receptive to this energy and I could see why other people were doing that. And to this day, I can tune into, you know, call it the love of Jesus or Christ or God or Holy Spirit, or it doesn't matter what you call it. Somehow I can tune into it. And it's a very heartwarming experience. And when I meet Christians, I, I know I might have different beliefs in them, but I do respect that they are trying to open to this love. And that's what Jesus was about. Wow, what an amazing experiment. It was, and it, it was incredibly valuable. And, uh, you know, I'm a pretty intellectual guy, and it really shifted, like, where I feel my body energy. You know, it just went from my head to my heart. And, you know, to this day, I have a love-hate relationship with Christian music. Because some of it I really love, you know, it's all about opening to love and things like that. And then some of it is, you know, like dying on the cross and you know all that stuff, which I don't relate to so much. Um, but, you know, you take what is useful to you and you leave the rest. And every, everybody, every spiritual leader, uh, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, obviously had something powerful to say and of course it gets distorted but your mission should you decide to accept is to find the part that is useful to you yes and if you look at the very core principles like um, love your neighbor as yourself you could simply take that as an experiment what if i mm -hmm. actually really did that or love your enemy what if i actually did that for two hours without exception Right, right. And, and I, I, there was an experiment that I once did, which was a lot less, I think, far reaching than the one you described, much more subtle and small. But I was talking to somebody, I, somebody I didn't know very well, but a perceptive person who told me, you know, your, your basic way of expressing yourself is through sarcasm. And mm -hmm. I had no idea. I thought I just had a great sense of humor. I thought it was humorous, right? So I right. said to myself, I'm going to go through my life for a week and see if I can notice when I'm being sarcastic. And oh my gosh, I could not believe how often, how habitual sarcasm had become in my life. And also how sarcasm contains an edge, a sharpness, a kind of aggressive um, mm -hmm. uh, form of humor, which is a little bit mean. And I said, well, what if I, what if I just drop being sarcastic for a while? <laughs> I, I couldn't believe how much my heart opened up and, and, and how mm. I was just sort of, sort of like much more naturally open and friendly with people because I wasn't looking for ways to be sarcastic and and the corollary to sarcasm judgmentalism started to drop away and yes it, it was nicer for other people to be around me but also i was happier and more relaxed what a great experiment and learning possibility that, that's that's inspiring I'm, I'm currently doing an experiment i started yesterday uh, it was based on something somebody said. He said, you know, your thoughts partly create your reality. 
So if you want to enter into higher states of consciousness, try changing your thoughts to what they would be if you're in a higher state of consciousness. Uh-huh. Well, this struck me as a funny idea. I'm only on day two, but it seems to be working. Like, um, for example, these are thoughts that you might have if you're in a higher state of consciousness. This moment is absolutely perfect. Or they are so beautiful just the way they are. Or this is a perfect situation for me, for my learning. Or I forgive myself for having done that. You know, these are like what people in higher consciousness might think. And I'm noticing that as I consciously think those thoughts, it does change how my perception is. So, you know, it's a, just an interesting experiment. I'm seeing, I haven't decided if I'm going to do it for very long, uh, but it's just kind of fun to, to do experiments because with each experiment, you do learn something. And sometimes they really open your eyes to a whole new reality. Right. Yeah, they really can. And, um, and there's an element about doing those experiments that, that we don't think about is, I call it going all the way or, or, you know, totality of it. I mean, Mm -hmm. because we usually, I mean, we try these things like, like if we had taken one of your phrases and applied it during the day, we give ourselves a lot of slack and we have situations where we don't apply it. Okay. I'm going to be um, non-judgmental throughout the day, but it's not going to count. I'm not going to apply it to the people who try and get on the subway when people are trying to get off. <laughs> those, those guys are jerks. Yeah, those guys are jerks. And, and, and the value of an experiment is, and, and even if you fail, you know, and m- maybe you should expect to fail, but try going mm-hmm. all the way with it, you know, without mm-hmm. exception, and just see what, what that's like. Yeah, and seeing the obstacles is a success. That's not a failure. That's like, oh, that's the information I need. What specifically is in the way of me being non-judgmental? There you go. You know, that that's a major success to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, let's talk about a couple of different experiments that we have found useful. I know that you've done some. What, what's an example of an experiment that you think is good to try? Well, we have a you know, we talked about that when we were planning this episode, we sort of came up with a list of them. And, and I'm sure it's not exhaustive, but we are, we talked about total kindness, total allowing. How about total forgiveness? Yeah. As you know, I, I did a, uh, uh, I've been sometimes doing a gratitude experiment where I use the thank you mantra. And, you know, it's you start off being grateful for the things that are easy and grateful, and then you're grateful for the guy cutting you off, you know, on the freeway because you want to learn compassion, and then you're grateful for you know losing a lot of money in the stock market because you know that life is about letting go and and you know the more difficult things. But you start easy, and you see how far you can extend this feeling of gratitude for whatever curriculum shows up in your life. Right. And gratitude was the next one on on my list. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Another one is totally not believing your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, Because thoughts actually create virtual reality. And when we can experience 
life and the world without those words going through our mind, we're experiencing real reality right now, the present moment. And so what if you, and, and, and thoughts tell you all sorts of things and their positions, and they create this sense of where you are and who you are and your identity, which is not your real identity. So thoughts are leading you away from your true nature. So what if you tried not believing them? Yeah, and the whole Byron Katie, the work system, and when we interviewed her, is really comes down to not believing your thoughts. And behind that is not believing whatever you believe. <laughs> so, right. you know, it's more subtle. But what if I realize, or what if I tried on the, quote, belief as an experiment, that I have no clue whatsoever uh, that any of my beliefs or thoughts have any relationship with what's actually reality. Yeah, that would be a great experiment. And you would immediately see what's in the way of that. Well, yeah, I don't believe I know what's going on with the, the current political situation, but I do know that global warming's a problem. <laughs> you know, you, you'd start to see that there's certain constrictions you have that you believe is absolutely true and you're holding on to them and that holding on and constriction can keep you away from the clear open presence of this moment mm -hmm. and another principle that in fact this was the first one i thought of when we were planning this uh, episode was total humility explain that well we usually think we're right. We usually think we know. We usually want to get what we think we want. And if we were totally humble, we would never assume we're right. We would never assume we deserve something more than someone else. We would never assume that bolstering up our ego identity was the most important thing we can do in life. And for 99% of humanity, that's the case. Uh, I don't think I have the wherewithal to do that experiment, uh, which would probably mean it'd be a good thing for me to try. But you just did. That was a humble <laughs> thing to say. Oh, yes. Okay. One point in the humility column. Thank God. <laughs> No, um, in a way that goes along with the not believing your beliefs or your thoughts that, you know, we really don't know we're, we're nothing that is going on, according to physicists, is how we perceive things. We don't feel like we're on a big rock going 67,000 miles an hour through outer space while spinning rapidly. Uh, none of that seems true. We don't feel like we're 99.99997% empty space, but we are, according to physicists. So it, one of the things I like about researching the quantum reality in physics is that, as they describe it, uh, everything I believe is completely made up and has no relationship really to what they describe as reality. And there are some philosophers like Donald Hoffman who talk about how they believe that it has been 
evolutionarily selected that we do not see reality as it is. It's like mm -hmm. a, a desktop with icons. We see the icons. We don't really see the program that's underneath it. And it's and survival kind of dictates it. But if we really realize that, wow, we're not seeing the world or reality as it is, we're seeing the desktop icon version of it that can lead to a sense of humility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I mentioned a little bit how people might set up an experiment. Um, one of the ways that's useful, just as in science, is to come up with a kind of hypothesis that you're trying to prove or not or disprove. Like, for example, I had spent 35 years meditating at least an hour a day. And I wanted to see what would happen if I stopped doing that. Would that bring my consciousness down in a noticeable way? So I did a month-long experiment of just not meditating. And I got to see at the end of the month that it really did make a difference. So sometimes I've said, well, I wonder if there's anything useful to a certain Hindu guru. So I spent a month in his ashram to find out. That was an experiment, you know, and I got to see that there was something there that was, was super helpful. So I think having a sense of a hypothesis and having a sense of the limited duration which you will evaluate your experiment. I think having reminders, like I put up post-it notes that I have these, uh, for those who are watching this on YouTube, I, I laminate a card that has um, the thoughts I'm trying to think of a higher nature. And so I, I take these out and I will look at the world that way. Um, I noticed one of my friends who's very non-judgmental, I asked her, how is it that you never judge people? And she said, everybody is so cute and so precious, like a little baby. So I'll, that's one of my thoughts. Oh, look at them. They're so cute as they give that person the finger, you know, as they're driving by or whatever, <laughs> you know, it, those aren't ways I might normally interpret their actions. But uh, when I have these thoughts, I might look at it that way. Um, and I think lastly, having a accountability person who you can talk to about what your experiment is and how it's going, that that's very useful. It could be, I hadn't thought about that. I, I tend to think of doing this sort of on my own and, uh, but it, but yeah, sure. Sharing it with people, talking about it and being accountable. That's, that's a, an experiment of its own. Yeah. Sometimes when I've done an experiment with somebody, their insights help me to know how to tweak the experiment or how to look at something in a slightly different way than I was doing. And I find that helpful. Yeah. Um, before we go into guide meditations, I want people to know that we're doing an experiment of offering everything we do for free and yet uh, hoping that you'll support the podcast through Patreon. So that's an experiment that's been kind of fun. Um, we didn't really know how it would go, but people have stepped up and supported us, and we really appreciate it. And we return the favor by giving you extra guided meditations and conversations and blogs. And you could go to our Patreon page that explains it all at patreon.com forward slash awareness explorers and 
You can support us for as little as a dollar a month or as much as a million dollars a month. Uh, we haven't gotten any million dollar supporters yet, but if you have a lot of million, millions of dollars, that would be an interesting experiment to try. <laughs> we only really need enough to um, break even because it costs money to do the podcast. We're happy to give it away for free to anybody who wants it, but a million dollars is more than we need. Yeah. Well, you know, I like to, I like the idea that we have formed more of a relationship with those supporters, you know, by being in more frequent contact with them. So by trying something, you don't really know how it's going to go, but often you learn by experience, not by thinking about it in your head. Yeah. And one of the things that happens is that after, when we have a guest on our show, we'll sign off and say, you know, keep exploring and it'll be over. And then we sort of keep chatting and they say something really interesting or brilliant or read a, a, a section from their book or something like that. And we sort of excerpt it and give it to our Patreon supporters. Yeah. Yeah. So before we go into a guided meditation, is there any last thoughts you have about uh, setting up experiments or what is a good experiment to try or anything related? Well, I think actually I cover it all in the guided meditation. So I think I'll save all those thoughts for that. Okay. And I'd like people to feel like they can give us the results of their experiments. You know, it might be as little as an hour experiment or a day or a week, but setting it up, writing it on paper so you know what it is, creating post-it note reminders, maybe having a buddy that you can can share observations and insights with. We'd love to hear from you. And um, maybe we'll talk about your experiment and your results from that experiment, what you learned, what you tripped over, how it was useful or not. But I'd love to hear your guided meditation in which you talk about experiments. So let's do that. All righty, will do. I call this going all the way. First, take a nice, easy, deep breath. Close your eyes if it's safe to do so and relax. This is a meditation of imagination. You can use it in the morning to kickstart your day. I'm going to take you through three examples of going all the way with a spiritual concept. Some way to experiment throughout your day. Feel free to substitute a different concept. I'll remind you of a list at the end. First, about going all the way. Going all the way means following through with a spiritual aim throughout the day with absolutely no exceptions, no compromises. Let's start with total kindness. Imagine waking up in the morning before getting out of bed and say to yourself, today I'm going to practice kindness without exception. No matter what the day brings, I will meet every person, every interaction with utter kindness. No matter how I'm treated, no matter how much I disapprove of someone, no matter how much I'm tempted into criticism, sarcasm, scolding, judgmentalism, or just plain meanness, 
I will be kind. I will assume that each person is doing their best and has their own reasons for whatever they do or say. I will find something positive in each person I come into contact with. If I have a kind word, I'll say it. If not, I'll say nothing except what is practical. I will do this throughout the day with no exceptions. Imagine getting dressed and ready for your day with absolute kindness. Imagine having breakfast with absolute kindness. Imagine interacting with your family and your co-workers and strangers and shopkeepers with absolute kindness. Imagine traveling to and from your work or any appointments or errands with absolute kindness. Imagine coming home with absolute kindness. Imagine spending an evening with absolute kindness. Imagine going to bed with the knowledge that you have practiced absolute kindness without exception all day. Now let's try total allowing. Imagine waking up in the morning. Before getting out of bed, say to yourself, Today I'm going to practice allowing without exception. No matter what the day brings, I will allow every event, every person, every interaction to be exactly as it is. I will resist nothing. I will notice every urge to change what is happening and simply choose not to follow through with any strategy to change it. And this includes my emotions, my thoughts, my behavior. This includes other people's emotions and words and behavior. No matter what Habitual patterns and strategies arise to change my experience. I will allow what is to be exactly as it is. I will do this throughout the day with no exceptions. Just for today. Imagine getting dressed and ready for your day with absolute allowing and no resistance. Imagine having breakfast with absolute allowing. Imagine interacting with your family and your co-workers and strangers and shopkeepers with absolute allowing. Imagine traveling to and from your work or any appointments or errands with absolute allowing. Imagine coming home with absolute allowing. Imagine spending an evening with absolute allowing. Imagine going to bed 
with the knowledge that you have practiced absolute allowing without resistance to anything and without exception all day. Now let's try total disbelief of thoughts. Imagine waking up in the morning. Before getting out of bed, say to yourself, Today, I'm going to practice not believing my thoughts, without exception. No matter what the day brings, I will notice every thought that arises and simply not believe it. Throughout the day, I will notice that every thought is based on imaginary distinctions between things where no such distinctions exist in reality. I will realize that all the words in my head are creating a virtual reality that is not the real reality of now and here and this. I will notice all of my experience wordlessly, without inner dialogue describing, categorizing, judging what is. No matter what thought arises, I will assume it is not true. I will do this throughout the day with no exceptions. Just for today. Imagine getting dressed and ready for your day with absolute disbelief of your thoughts. Imagine having breakfast with absolute disbelief of your thoughts. Imagine interacting with your family and your co-workers and strangers and shopkeepers with absolute disbelief of your thoughts. Imagine traveling to and from your work or any appointments or errands with absolute disbelief of thoughts. Imagine coming home with absolute disbelief of thoughts. Imagine spending an evening with absolute disbelief of my thoughts. Imagine going to bed with the knowledge that you have practiced absolute disbelief of thoughts without exception all day. So pick one of these spiritual principles and apply it to all your thoughts and interactions throughout the entire day without exception. You can use the ones from this meditation or choose another one. Here's a possible list. Total kindness. Total allowing. Total love. Total forgiveness. Total gratitude. Total disbelief of thoughts. Total humility. Total surrender. 
or feel free to experiment with one that you thought of yourself and try it out. Now, take another easy deep breath and at your own pace, open your eyes. I am going to try that out. Uh, I like the idea of doing the total kindness experiment. And in a way, there's two ways of doing it. One is to trip over that experience. And the other, maybe a slightly different focus, is to perhaps write down or journal or notice what gets in the way of it. I think you, you can do both of them at the same time, but sometimes it might be useful to focus more on the what gets in the way and getting clarity about that, and sometimes more of trying to open up to the experience. What do you think? Yeah, I think both of those can work, and I think it really depends on the individual. Um, mm -hmm. I tend to like just seeing what it feels like and yeah. trusting that that's going to sink in deeply. But on the other hand, sometimes it's good to jot things down. If that's, you know, a lot of people really do like that and it works for a lot of people. So I, I would say this is an individual um, choice, but try it. It's mm -hmm. an experiment after all. Try it, see what works. Yeah, yeah. One time I was trying the experiment of using the phrase, I have no problems or there are no problems. And one obstacle kept showing up, a little voice in my head that would say, that would scan for problems. I called it the problem scanner. And once I saw that I had like this little problem scanner that was working all the time, it really changed my relationship with it from you know, it's real and I got to listen to it to, oh yeah, that's the problem scanner. And it really made a difference in me not taking that voice so seriously from then onwards. Yes, I think that's really profound. I love that. And as a matter of fact, it, it actually dovetails with something I said earlier about one of the reasons why you do these experiments. If you experiment with the idea that there's no problem to solve. What happens is that that little voice in your head comprises practically 90% of your thought-based, ego-based identity. In fact, mm -hmm. that's what this, your identity is, is that thing that scans for problems. And right. I remember one time in a day-long retreat uh, with um, Locke Kelly, he said, and I don't remember if he said it, worded it this way, but in my mind, I, I, I thought he said, who would you be with no problem to solve? And something popped inside and some hardened identity dissolved. And yeah. that's, the, that's the kind of thing that can happen with, an exper with these kind of experiments. I totally agree. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it. It was an experiment, and I think the experiment was successful. I think so. I hope so. I hope so. Let us know about your experiments. We'd be interested in, in perhaps uh, talking about them. And feel free to 
tell us of other topics you would like us to talk about because we like exploring because we're awareness explorers and so are you <laughs> so until next time friends keep exploring keep exploring thank you for listening to awareness explorers to learn more you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app we'd love it if you would post a review and please share our link on facebook and with family and friends because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love